Welcome to another episode of Strategize to Succeed. Selectively applying the strategies which we discuss each week will help you as you progress from conditions to opportunities to successes. Embarrassment, observation, response, and recovery is the process which we are discussing in today's podcast episode. It is a common worry that I'm certain you know well. Think back, pre-pandemic, you were at an important dinner, whether a business meeting or a first date, and to this point you have demonstrated that you were not raised by wolves. Figuratively, you pat yourself on the back. So far, so good. After dinner, you stop in the restroom. And in the mirror, you receive the most shocking surprise, an immense piece of spinach from dinner, firmly wedged in between your otherwise shiny front teeth. Although your initial reaction may have been to remain locked inside of the restroom or else to escape through a back door, you are an adult and you know better. Every person and yes, that is a broad sweeping generality, has had an equivalent experience at some point in their life, usually more than once. In my case, I was 17 years old and I was out on a Saturday afternoon with my father, shopping for a gift for my mother. We were nicely dressed and we were walking along a very posh block in town. While chatting as my father and I were browsing, I suddenly found myself on the ground. Fortunately unhurt, at that moment, I clearly demonstrated that I could not walk and talk at the same time. As I quickly regained my composure, I had that awful feeling that everyone's eyes were boring holes into my head and that they were gathering in a circle around me laughing and pointing. But here's the thing. Other than the fall, which was very real, the responses which I perceived were entirely imaginary. Sure, there were a couple of quick glances, perhaps of either curiosity or compassion, but they lasted for just a few seconds, and then my momentary misfortune became one more fleeting occurrence of no interest or significance to anyone other than me and my father. This type of situation has two distinct components, the subject of the occurrence and the observers. Understandably, the nature of the responses is very different between the two parties. For the subject of any embarrassing situation, A feeling of instant mortification is understandable, and perhaps even expected. However, other than possibly becoming the object of someone's pity, nothing is really achieved. But think about it, with just a slightly different reaction to a seemingly universal type of occurrence, you have the power to elicit a different type of reaction a more positive response from observers. As the subject of a conceivably embarrassing incident, 
to cringe and run seem to be the two most likely responses. However, now that I am well past 17, I would like to offer a somewhat different and perhaps more beneficial response. If you handle a potentially embarrassing situation with grace and dignity, and perhaps even a bit of lightheartedness, you can earn style points, and others may even regard you with envy for your taking quick control over a possibly out of control situation. The point is that in that brief moment of distress, you have the ability and the opportunity to affect a longer and more positive memory of such an occurrence simply by your own reaction to it. While you consider how you might choose to salvage your next embarrassing moment, and don't glare at me, you know that we all have more than one of those experiences throughout our lives. Let's take a minute to consider the behavior of the observers of such situations. Let's start with the finger pointers, both literal and figurative. I've always regarded a finger pointer, someone who's laughing or objectifying another person's moment of misery, as having the same mindset as that of a bully. It would seem that they are trying to elevate themselves in the eyes of others, but can only accomplish that feat by knocking down the already embarrassed victim. This finger-pointing tactic, regardless of whether it is a calculated movement or an unconscious reaction, has the effect of setting up a basis of comparison between the hapless victim and the finger-pointer. If observed, what can often become evident very quickly is that such comparisons which are really based on one's own insecurities often result in false assumptions being made. Consider two very broad examples. The very lean individual who seemingly eats anything and everything with abandon and the office worker who is never stressed about the volume of work product which they need to produce. The abundant eater may have medical issues beyond just a good metabolism, and the employee may outsource and delegate portions of their workload. If you take a moment and think about these individuals, you'll recognize that while we have a natural inclination to make comparisons with other people, whether regarding their accomplishments or their foibles, such superficialities can yield significant misinformation and incorrect conclusions. Come back to my 17-year-old self for a moment. I may have fallen because I'm a klutz, or I may have fallen because the heel of my shoe broke in a sidewalk crack, or I may have fallen because I became lightheaded from dehydration. A casual observer or finger pointer has no real way of knowing the truth behind the situation. For the finger pointer, such comparisons with others provide benchmarks which can be aspirational in nature. However, reliance on incorrect information as the basis for measurement 
has the potential to undermine their own level of confidence and self-esteem. Instead, I would suggest that the finger pointer focus on others only to the extent that they can learn the appropriate tools and skills to take control and enhance their own development, an area over which they do have direct influence. Whether you found spinach in your teeth, fell on the sidewalk, or experienced any of a myriad of other possible embarrassments, in that moment, you need to summon your grit and move forward. And it is at that instant that you may consider the finger-pointing reaction. What has always carried me through the finger-pointing embarrassments, both real and anticipated, and yes, there have been a few, is the childhood adage of, quote, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me, close quote. I know that there is nothing sophisticated about that saying, yet it does convey considerable meaning. When my parents taught me that idea, they then taught me not to focus on the proverbial finger pointer. Instead, they wanted me to really examine the impact of the name calling itself. Where was my pain? Did the name calling actually change any of the existing circumstances? Did it change me as a person? Would I do anything differently as a result of it? The conclusion became obvious. Nothing about me was going to change. Well, that's not quite true. There was one change which would result from the finger pointing. I was going to become the one who was stronger, wiser, and more understanding. And that step represents a lifelong process of claiming control over one's own life. Now, I'm certainly not saying that there isn't immediate pain. But when faced with a finger pointer, the most important thought to remember is to focus on you and not the other person. By doing that, you remove their sense of power. You become stronger and regain your feeling of control by recognizing that the failing is in the other person for resorting to a baseless personal attack, even if it is only by laughing at you. Most importantly, extricate the spinach from your teeth, pick yourself up off the sidewalk, and continue on with your life. Understand that everyone else has already moved on with theirs. Thank you for sharing your time today. Remember, your application of strategic decision-making approaches can result in more beneficial outcomes for you, both professionally and personally. Why not turn that process into your opportunity.